Are you over 40, over 50, under 25, looking for life insurance? Yes? Are you sick of personal hygiene products that you would need a chemistry degree in order to understand any of the ingredients on? I mean, I don't really need to understand them, I just need to... Yeah, yeah. Need an industrial press looking for staff. Wait, what? No, no, no. Yes? Question mark. Have you watched a TikTok? I have. You should watch a TikTok. Watch more TikToks. I mean... About life insurance. Are you struggling to get no, life insurance? No, I'm not. Also, I'm, I'm watching a TikTok now. What? Drowned in debt. No? Who? You may be entitled. To, to, to what? Life insurance. Debt. Under 50. Over 50. Under 25. I'm very confused. Honey is a free browser extension. Oh, God. Not okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Hi. Would you like a free audiobook? No. Oh, no. Would you like a solution to a problem that we've created? You uh, can skip the adverts. I mean, I'd rather not have the problem in the first place, rather than you sell me the solution, but... Are you thinking about flushing something that isn't toilet paper or feces? Um, I hadn't considered it. Buy a new video game. Um, which one? All of them. Uh-huh. Now, have you thought any more about that solution to all the adverts? <sighs> Just a small subscription, you can get rid of all the adverts. Well, I mean, I, I, An industrial uh, press. Come and learn at our university. Uh, I'm, I'm going to download Adblock. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans women talk about the various media we've consumed in the week and do silly voices and skits and have a bit of a catch up. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah. 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 You know. I do know. <laughs> On a sliding scale. I'm On a sliding right. scale? Yeah. I'm pretty alright. Yeah. Wearing a big fluffy coat. I can't you be too are. bad. I have a, a glorious Muppety way. I can't I can't be upset when I'm recording a podcast looking like I've come home from a rave. Like, ah uh, yes, here I am on the on the six AM train home. If the world gets too much, I can just, just hug my Exactly. Wife. There's a Muppet here to hug my if, if, if things get too hard. And that's that's okay. But first, we should probably talk about things we've played. Because I don't think there's anything too scary in there. Uh, well, um, well, gosh, what have we played? Oh, do you want to start? I uh, think we should start. I mean, I can start. Um, I've been putting more time into a bunch of things that I've been, like, just starting to play around. I, I mm, might have been just after we recorded last week. Um... I'll, I'll get the recap on Elden Ring out of the way, because I've, I've had ring. a chance to put more more time into Elden Ring. Um, that is by far the most I've ever enjoyed a From Software game. There are so many little things about how this game is put together that just sand off a lot of the frustrating edges that come with this series. Um, be that putting bonfires and checkpoints before every single boss room, to um, having a very open-ended structure for being able to just like go off the beaten path and go wandering. I spent about 30 hours in that game before I went and fought the first boss, like the first proper boss. Right. Um I have yeah. This is the first time since the original Breath of the Wild that an open world game has grabbed me in quite this way. Mm. And a lot of what I like about Elden Ring is very much the things I liked about the first playthrough I did of Breath of the Wild. It was that sense of genuine exploration and not being sure what was going to be around the next corner, and 
I've just taken a, a, a detour and I found something that I'm completely underleveled for, but I'm allowed to be here and I can sprint past her or I can try and cheese a fight out of it. And I'm that sense of being in a big, adventurous world. Mm. And it has really captured that well. Um, notably, it has also shown me a lot of the things that, like, it's helped me to point at a lot of the things that stopped me going back and really replaying Breath of the Wild in the same way that I do other Zelda games and going, yeah, this is doing that formula better. Like, you know, I, I'm not saying I want Breath of the Wild 2 to be Elden Ring. That is a very difficult game and I don't, you know, but it does a very good job of open world exploration where you're getting that joy of exploration, but that there is still a... There is a much greater variety of enemy types to fight, weapon types to use, um, move sets for weapons, ways to customize your build, um, curated linear dungeons within the big open world. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that Elden Ring is doing are things I've looked at Breath of the Wild and gone, I would really like to see a sequel do that. Mm -hmm. um, like... There has been very little in the way of repetition of content, which has been really nice. Um, I'm very pleased that FromSoft seems to have backed off a lot on their sort of mentality of if you put points into a thing or upgrade a thing in a certain way, you are committed to it. And if you make the wrong choice, you kind of fucked up. Um, you can, for a, for a little bit of effort, you can respec all the levels you've done earlier. If you want to rebuild your build, you can pick a, like, weapon scaling type so that, like, which element it'll scale with and then just take that off at the at a moment's notice and reapply another one later. Um, it still has its little things where it just expects you to get good. But generally, a lot of that it has moved into optional side content that is avoidable if you're trying to beat the main game. Mm -hmm. Um which I think is a really good approach to have. Like, you can very much mainline the main plot and you will have challenges, but they'll be pretty well scaled. And if you want to go fight, like, oh, you know those two tough bosses, we pumped their health up and put them both in a room together? Mm -hmm. That's an option. It's out of the way. There's nothing, like, you'll get a reward for doing it, but it's not like, Ah, you're missing out on the best thing in the game because you didn't do it. They're all, mm. like, optional little challenges you can do yourself. It's a really good game. I keep being surprised by, like, some of the ways of interacting with that world that are very logically consistent, but I hadn't expected them to do those things with the mechanics. Mm -hmm. It's a very satisfying game. Yay. Um, And I said this when I first started talking about it. I'm very happy to play a FromSoft game that isn't just grey and brown and occasionally dark purple if there's poison. That has lobsters, I hear. Yeah, yeah, there's lobsters. Um, I got a horse. My horse is pretty cool. I like that you can just summon the horse anywhere. Yeah, you can just summon the, summon the horse anywhere. Yeah. If a thing I learned, if there's an area where, like, um, Blight Town is an area famous in a lot of the in the old Dark Souls games of being like, this is the poison area. While you're walking through it, you are just taking poison and it's terrible. Mm -hmm. If you ride through on the horse, you don't take poison because you're you're up above the poison. Your horse is okay. your horse doesn't take poison damage. It's a ghost horse, it's just a ghost. You are out the poison, you're fine. Nice. Which has made 
poison areas, yeah, it's still a threat, because occasionally you've got to get off your horse to fight stuff, but, like, it is a lot less immediately frustrating. Yeah. There's just, there's a lot of things in here where I'm like, if I was going to recommend someone a Souls game, it would probably be this. Mm-hmm. Because it's just got a lot of those rough edges. It's still not going to be for everyone, but I'm having a great time. Hey. Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying I'm it. I'm having a great time. And you, do you know roughly how far through it you are? Do you think there's um, a lot to it? The sense I get is that there's a lot to it. I think there are five or six main areas with mm-hmm. big bosses at the end of them, and I have defeated one of them. I've gone to lots of the other areas and done things out of order and pl- messed around. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I could see this being, I could see this being like Breath of the Wild being a hundred hour or so first playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe more, who knows? Wow. It's a big, beefy <laughs> game that doesn't feel needlessly spread out. It feels very content-dense. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What have you played this week? Oh, goodness. Uh, we played some of uh, Stone Mine Games' wine production game. Yeah! Viticulture. We played it in four-player. We did. I, I enjoy that in four-player. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a bit different having that extra slot on each action yes. opened up and just the way that interacts with four people. Yeah. Good. Yeah, because like you it, it kind of changes the mechanics about some of the more desirable spots on the board because rather than going I have to be first place because otherwise I can't place it, you get that sort of I can place it first or second. Um that gives me a bit of leeway. First will give me an additional benefit and maybe I'm counting on that additional benefit to speed me up. But if I miss first, it's not the end of the world. It it changes the flow a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's it's we played the base game board. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the expanded visitors set, but they're nicely integrated anyway. It wasn't yeah. too difficult, and um, yeah, we managed to teach it fairly quickly. Yeah, took a little. I think people were very worried about strategy very early on. Yes, um, like they they. Both seem to be like trying to go. What is what is the the move that I do here? The perfect move. They they both I think went into it with the I don't know I don't know how to solve this game yet. Yeah, and therefore I'm worried I'm making bad moves. Yes, uh, and I, I just kept trying to remind them that there is no perfect move. Yeah, just try and aim for. Yeah. You have some targets here. Try yeah. and work towards that. That's, that's the thing. Like I was trying to hit home. Like you have a lot of options. None of them's going to be perfect, but ultimately it's get grapes in your field, harvest the grapes, make make the grapes into wine, sell them to people. Mm-hmm. Those are your core, your four things you're trying to do. Yep. What on the board will help you get further in that? Exactly. Uh, yeah, and, and I think I think we talked okay. Um, yeah. Ran a little bit longer than I was expecting, but I think that was partly the nature of a full player, but. Yeah, um, partly the nature of uh, new people wanting to take some time to think about their moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I am glad we have tried it in a different player count. Hmm. And maybe we will play it in different player counts at some point. Because there's enough boards to play up to six. So yeah. Not that I necessarily want to try and sit around and play that for hours with six people. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was nice to see extra bits of that game. Yeah. Well, what about you? What have you played? 
I have spent a lot of this week playing around with the Steam Deck. Yes, you have. Yeah, that Valve uh, handheld gaming console slash Linux PC. Yes. Um. So, I'm gonna work out how to t- how to talk about this thing. Um, if you are someone who just wants to play your Steam library of PC games on a handheld, <laughs> and likes the thought of a device that you boot it up and it looks like Steam Big Picture mode, and a lot of your Steam library will play on it, and it is surprisingly powerful for its uh, its sort of price point and size. Mm-hmm. It's a very it's a very good device. It is a very simple device. It feels like a console to use in that experience. It is a Linux PC, and there is a lot of neat additional things you can make this thing do, but the second you go outside of that, I'm playing Steam games that have been verified as playable by Valve and are here in Steam and I'm using this ecosystem. As soon as you step outside of that, you realize very quickly that this thing is not a console, it's PC. It is a handheld PC, and that comes with a lot of caveats. Um, Especially if you've never used Linux before. Yeah, so just staying in that console view, um, there is a lack of even the most basic system-level accessibility settings you would see from console manufacturers, because Valve has very clearly taken the approach of well, it's up to either game developers or you go on the Linux front end and find the tools and put them in. We're just Steam, seems to be the approach. Um, and then, yeah, desktop mode. Desktop mode is useful if you want to install stuff that isn't on Steam um, and you want to run it through that, that console-looking interface. You have to boot to the Linux desktop, install stuff, say, from the Discover Store or learn how to install executables on Linux and install them that way, then go into Steam in the desktop mode, because that's the only one that has the button to add non-Steam games to your Steam library, then go back into the big picture mode equivalent, then hope that your Linux software will boot within the gaming mode and... Without flashing. Yes. Big, big yeah. warning. Um, If you are photosensitive, if you have a condition like epilepsy... Um, a lot of third-party Linux programs, when you boot them in gaming mode, it's usually if your program will try and open a second window, particularly if it's a full-screen window, where it will just full-screen flash back and forth between the two windows erratically for sometimes like 10 seconds while it works out which is the primary window. Mm. Like, these are the kind of things that happen because this is a PC, it's not a curated experience, there is no quality assurance, there is no guarantee of everything that runs on here will perform in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know about Linux command line inputs? Like, um, One thing I came up against when trying to install third-party programs to run in gaming mode was okay, does okay what how do i run stuff as the root user okay i can't i have to learn what a sudo command is in order to basically do the run as admin before i go into the command line to install stuff it's a whole thing i had to learn how to be a linux person over a few days it was Linux, I'm sure there are Linux people who are listening who'll be like, no, it's easy, it's easy. No, I can't just double click on an executable and a thing happens. <laughs> yeah. 
I grew up with DOS, so like part of me is like, yeah, maybe I'd really get into that. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But like, here's the thing. The desktop mode as default doesn't have a have a keyboard. Doesn't have a virtual keyboard. No, you I had to go into the into the Discover Store and find a keyboard to download. Yeah, it's <laughs> Will like, a USB keyboard work with that? Uh it it will, yes. But also at the time I was having to fuss around with how to get the USB C uh to U USB adapter hub working. It this is a PC experience. This is not I turn on my Nintendo Switch and the games are there and I put the game in and the game works. Mm-hmm. Um and like I know I sound like This a, is I'm trying to hack my Switch. I'm I mean, yeah, basically. <laughs> but like the payoff of that complexity is that you can get things that if you want to play around with emulators, and there's a bunch of them in the Discover store, um this thing can flawlessly emulate a lot of very modern systems. Um, like GameCube emulation at increased 3DS. resolution, 3DS. 3DS looks fucking gorgeous. On I it. know. I saw. Um, like PS3 emulation. That like, was pretty wild. Really yeah, nice. You got Demon Souls running. On yeah, it. I got Demon Souls. I got Persona Five running on it. Like, like flawless PS3 emulation. Switch emulations like ninety percent there. Um, like, it's it's real close. Um, Legends Arceus, you can get to, like, 25 frames a second out of 30, and I feel like people will quickly... When when more people have this work, work out, out... how to refine it. Yeah, it, it feels like it's right on the cusp of, of being there. Like, this so thing... You don't think it's a power issue, you think it's just a matter of time and tweaking? I, I think a big part of it, I think, honestly, it's, um downloading pre-built shader caches mm-hmm. um, because it seems to be slowing down when loading in a new animation for the first time. Right. And I think it's just having to translate shaders into something that Linux can run. Mm-hmm. And I think pre-built shader caches probably is the answer, but mm-hmm. yeah, th- this is a real nice, powerful handheld. I've been playing around being like, okay, what stuff can I run on this? Um, Modern 3D titles um, of the last few years run really nicely. Um, I played around a bit today with um, Horizon Zero Dawn, Mm -hmm. the PC port of that, which a lot of computers struggle with. Ran fine as anything. Dark Souls 3 runs fine as anything. It is a a beefy little machine. Um, So I really like the the touchpads on it for mouse replacement. Mm Mm-hmm. This is not strictly a mouse replacement. It's like a scroll, uh, like a a wheel mouse, where you sort of spin the ball and there's a little bit of momentum as it moves. Yeah, a trackball, where you can sort of spin it a bit harder and you'll move further for the same amount of thumb movement. So you can play centipede on it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's it's a very satisfying setup for playing stuff like uh, point-and-click adventures. Like, I was playing, I was replaying Inscription on it, and that that is a surprisingly good way to play that game. Mm -hmm. Um, If if you want to play stuff that requires a a mouse on a handheld, this is about as good a way as you're going to get to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, The Steam Deck really feels like it was released, like, in a very rushed way, in that it... Well, like, Mine arrived, and I went to update it, and I got a special message that said, Hey, yours is one of the very first ones off the assembly line. As such, it doesn't have the correct BIOS installed. Don't worry, we're going to do an update, your screen's going to turn sideways, and you're going to have a bunch of text appear. Don't worry about that. 
it's very when when finishing the BIOS, like it feels like this thing has hit the ground running without some very basic features and with a great degree of it technically works, you work it out. Mm. Um, it it feels like the hardware release equivalent of a early access game in a lot of ways. Um, fun fact: the day I got mine. Earlier that day, people had been reporting stick drift issues. Mm-hmm. Turned out they'd been introduced by a software update earlier that morning that had put the wrong dead zone location for the analog sticks. And two hours later, there was another update to to, un- to fix it. Wow! Like this thing is not a polished, finished. They're just running around putting out fires. Huh? Yeah, it is. It is a. We've technically finished it. Here you go, right now. And I love it. But, like, I spent the first two to three days I had this thing testing and tweaking and working stuff out. This was not an experience where I picked it up and went, like, let's go straight into playing games. I was like, okay, I know what I want to do with this and I know it can do it. How do I get from A to B? Mm -hmm. And how do I learn the things I need to learn, like, uh, how does the Linux file structure work and how do I work out where my screenshots are saved if I want to upload to social media via a browser? Like, little things like that that just... You you gotta dig it and work it out. Mm-hmm. And I really like it, but just... Go in expecting to have a slightly intimidating first few days. <laughs> Should we talk about something we've both played? <gasps> what have we both played? We both played uh, <gasps> Aperture Desk Job. We did, yeah. Uh, we've, we had a slightly different experience of this, because I played it on the Steam Deck, which it's clearly designed for. Yes. And you played it with just a... I played a... it on PC with a Xbox... Yeah. Uh, Series X controller. Yeah, do you want to you want to start talking about this? Yeah, so it is a um an experience clearly designed to show off the tech of the uh, the Steam Deck. I um I was surprised to find out it wasn't just a Steam Deck exclusive. Yeah, you can yeah. play the, you can play it with a controller. Yeah. There are two bits you will need a keyboard and a mouse for, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah. So fun fact: if you play with a PS4 or PS5 controller. You can uh, do the gyro you, bit. Uh, you can do the gyro and the touchscreen on the uh... touch panel. I think it's just the... Actually, I don't know if you can do the mic, because I know the PS4 controller has I, a mic plugged in. I have in. a mic plugged in, and yeah. I shouted at it, and nothing happened. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, what is this? Uh, so, this <laughs> is an experience set in the uh, um, Portal universe, yeah. whereby you are working for Aperture, and you are a tester. Funny that. And yeah. your role is to basically, uh, there will be toilets coming along uh, a production line, and you uh, fill them, flush them, uh, uh, pres- fresh, uh, sorry, pressure test them. Yes. Um, and and like uh, bidet them. Yeah. Little 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 it's, squirty. You're there. just an aperture toilet tester. Yeah. And th- you have a companion who is. A um, <laughs> personality sphere, I guess. Yeah, with yep. they they have an arm occasionally. They do, and they have dreams and plans. Uh, it's a like a fifteen minute experience. I, I think like at least twenty minutes. I okay. think yeah, fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, um, um, it's it's got some interesting plot. It's it has some interesting considerations yeah. for the wider port of the universe. It, it has some charm and it has some real lore implications for if they ever make another portal. 
I really liked the the sort of silent story completely running in the background. Oh yes, the the one that takes place between the floors as it's uh, yeah. yeah. Um, because there's a lot of like you're just gonna stay there and we're gonna beam you up and down. Yeah, we're gonna pretend that you're going in in lifts or whatever. I, but I'll say this: if it turns out that the ending of this is a setup for an eventual Portal Three, I'd be very happy with that being the Portal Three you, setup. You completely trolled me with this week's accessibility footage. Yeah, yeah, because you. Been... <laughs> Portal 2 footage of Portal 2 Chapter 3 and labelled it Portal 3. <laughs> I was like, what, wait, what's I, happening? I missed time, I'm so sorry. <laughs> wait, what, what's happening? Yeah, That's... no Portal, no portal it 3. It was not Portal 3, it was Portal 2 Chapter 3. Um... Yeah. No, I, I'd hit the wrong key on the keyboard. It's fine. <laughs> I was just like, huh? Is, is this a big room? Re- Are we getting a big reveal, though? I probably should have warned you if I had Portal 3 footage to put in. Uh, yeah, maybe. It's well, like, yeah, he's playing this week. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah, it was an entertaining thing. Yeah. And, like, it's free, so don't worry yeah. if you don't have a Steam Deck and or won't have one for a while. Yeah, it will just occasionally talk about buttons you don't have. Yeah. You might not get to spin a certain gun on a yeah. certain axis. And you'll have to sign your name with a mouse. Yeah, mm. exactly. I put shell. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not chill. <laughs> Crimes. Oh. Um, yeah, it, it was a fun experience. Have you played anything else? Uh, yeah, I've been playing with the Retroid Pocket 2 Plus. That the... thing is surprisingly light. Uh, surprisingly, yeah, it's about the form. F- so this is another one of those like retro gaming emulator handhelds. Yeah. So it's, it's about the same size as the Amanic uh, yeah. RG350. It's it's not a metal case like that, but, yeah, but even so, like I'm I'm still curious what the battery life on this is because it doesn't feel like it's got a battery in it. Uh, well, I mean, I haven't put it back on charge since last week when I started messing around with it. I've played it a considerable amount. It's still got forty percent battery. Wow, it's got a pretty good battery, and that included playing GameCube games on it. Um, oh, a... yeah. So I this... don't know what type of battery is in there, but that is. It's a, it's a decent one. And, and so light. Yeah, so this seems to be trying to position itself as the new affordable price point emulator machine for like small form factor, low point of entry price. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're sub £100. Um, mm-hmm. And it is, uh, it is a very capable emulator for its price point and size. Um, it is an Android-based one, uh, rather than the custom firmware ones like the Ambernic, and that has some nice little benefits in that you can have games suspended in the background, like minimised, and go play a different game, mm-hmm. and then hop back to the game you were playing. Wow. You can play Android apps, so like you could play, say, the Android version of Dead Cells plays really nicely on it, or apps like YouTube. Um... But there is also a little app you can boot into that is a very just, here is the emulator front end, pick your system, pick your game, go. Um, In terms of like how it stands up to other similar price stuff like the the Ambonic in terms of performance, it doesn't struggle at all with the most demanding N64 games. You can play them at boosted up resolution, you can play them at like four times speed, um, zero issue. Um, I have I have mine set up currently with a fast forward, so if I'm like 
okay, I want to fast forward through the cutscene, turn it to 4x speed until the cutscene's done, turn that back off. Nice. Um, runs PS1, it runs PS2 with, if you reduce the, 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 the resolution, you can mm-hmm. get PS2 games running with some success. Um, GameCube is the one I've been playing around with a fair bit. If you are happy to turn down the resolution a little, um, which it's a small size screen that, that sort of accommodates, you can run pretty close to perfect frame rate GameCube games, which is real, real neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been really enjoying it, and I think it's going to end up being my new like travel device for if it's like I just want something small I can chuck in a bag yep. not no, take no. the whole when bag up um, I started replaying Pokemon Coliseum on it and that's oh, a game wow. I've been wanting to replay for ages and um, yep that runs really nicely mm-hmm. it's it is a it's a little portable GameCube as long as you don't mind slightly low res GameCube buttons okay uh, yeah buttons are really nice um, The only thing that's going to be a bit divisive for people, I think, is that the left analogue stick is an analogue stick. It's a raised one that tilts. Right. The right analogue stick is more like Like the the 3DS slide pad. Oh, no. Which is going to be real divisive. Some people love them. Some people hate them conceptually. Okay, can I have a quick... Yeah. So... Yeah, it... I wouldn't... I don't think it's as um, hard sprung as the, the 3DS nub. Because that thing was painful after a while. Yeah. So, if you dislike the 3DS nub conceptually, you will probably dislike this. If you had specific issues with the way that worked, and specifically with its very firm tension, Mm -hmm. this is a much smoother to use one. And honestly... Didn't didn't fucking notice. Didn't I? I very quickly was okay with it. It was a. It was slightly surprising. Like I didn't anticipate it, but in play, I I didn't notice it. It is not nearly as much of a like notable thing as it was on 3ds. Was that the one that you had to insert the ribbon cable properly? Yes. It so was. yes. Um, the one issue I had with this Ambonic and like. I initially thought there was a broken anal- uh yes uh, with <laughs> with the Retroid Pocket Two Plus. The first at first I thought it had shipped with a dodgy analog stick, and it's thankfully very easy to open up and um, have a look because it's standard screws. It's very like standard parts to take apart. <laughs> it's put in such a way that like it's very easy for disassembly. There was a misinserted ri- ribbon cable. It just wasn't seated quite right, which. I'm comfortable fixing because I've been doing this with um, Joy-Con analog sticks for a while. Mm-hmm. But if you would look at a circuit board and go, ah, yeah, that's not ideal quality control. Mm. And I never want to assume anything about a product at large by my individual experience. But it was a, it was a thing I had that wasn't a huge issue. And even if it had been a broken stick, it's about two quid to order a replacement stick. Mm. But it's still not a great first impression for a device like that. Yeah, I imagine somebody less willing to sort of look inside a device. Yeah. And less recent experience of messing around yeah. with Joy-Cons might have gone, oh, yeah. it's broken and just send it back. I mean, yeah, like, I have on my desk a spare Joy-Con analogue stick because I was a, I, I took it out because I was like, oh, if it's a busted analogue stick, 
I, I got one. I'm pretty sure I have the exact analog stick they use. I'll yeah. just pop another of those in, but mm-hmm. didn't end up being needed. But nice. yeah, it's it's a it's a really nice little device. Um, yeah. it's got touchscreen on it, which uh surprised the hell out of me. Yeah, positive thing to see there. Um, it's really nice in terms of. If you download Android games that have uh, that only support touchscreen controls, mm-hmm. there's a really good utility for map that on-screen control to this physical thing, mm-hmm. and you can very quickly go. I now have physical buttons and sticks for my touchscreen controls. Hide the oh. hide the on-screen controls. I'll just play it like a normal game. Um, for a lot of games, you can like uh, click on them a certain way, and it will show you community-made layouts for the controller. Nice. So you can just go, oh yeah, I'll use the community one. There you go, control setup. Nice. Um, oh, and the last thing it does that's really nice is if you're in the emulator front end and you pick a, a game and a system to play, it will look up what the community recommends is the best emulator available in terms of performance for that specific game mm-hmm. and boot it into that emulator oh, wow. or that core in, in RetroArch. It, mm-hmm. will, it will pair it with whatever will get it the best running results. Yeah. And that's real nice. Nice. What about you? What have you played? Well, since we're talking about uh, uh, handheld emulator yeah. type things, I've been playing... Uh, PS1 era, definitely not Pokemon as your dreams. Yes, you have. Tell yeah. us about this for anyone who doesn't know what it is. Uh, so this is like a 97, 98 game uh, published by Konami. Uh, that is essentially trying to ride the Pokemon bandwagon. Yeah. You are a kid who lives in a desert town. At the centre of this town is this huge uh, magical... Uh, tower which is filled with monsters and from all around the world people go into the tower to get monsters to uh, tame them or to to capture eggs of the monsters Mm. and bring them out for fun and profit it's got that similarity but not quite the same nature to pokemon as like some of those weird rom hacks that went around in the 90s that like the one that presented itself as pokemon emerald was very like this the your creature collected, yeah, it was a very similar, like not quite Pokemon mm. thing. The, I mean the, so it's uh like you have like a whole city yeah. thing. You've got like people to talk to and and things to interact with, and then you just go into the tower and it's it's completely different every time yeah. you go in. It's procedurally generated. It, it, it's dungeon runs. Kinda. Yeah, dungeon runs, yeah. turn-based dungeon runs. Mm. Uh, so you will uh, find yourself a sword and a shield and just more various treasures. You can find eggs. You can either open them in the dungeon mm. and have a friend just for that dungeon run, or you can keep the egg, take it home, hatch it, and that will be a permanent friend that will return back to your base if if you die. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you die, you lose all of your stuff except for your familiars that yep. are permanent. The familiars will go back to your your little hut. Mm-hmm. You can expand your hut to fit more more friends. You can chat to various people, and they will give you like jobs. Uh, like your mum initially gives you a job of, hey, you should go to the temple and give them some money. So that they can, so they can build a bigger temple, and then you do that, and then the guy who runs the temple's like, "Yeah, you should build a bowling alley, my dude." <laughs> yeah. uh, um, and so you're sort of slowly building up a better relationship because the with a lot of the people, because the impression you get is that 
Your character was kind of a tearaway for a while after your your dad disappeared in the tower mm. when you were little. And um, so there's a lot of initially, like, some of the shopkeepers are like, oh, you're here to make trouble again. Oh, you're not going to buy anything. You're not going to do anything. You know, just bugger off. And, like, the more you come back and you're like, hey, I've got some eggs to sell or I've got yeah. some weapons to sell. I'm here to or, do actual I'm actually commerce. here to buy food or yeah. actually here to buy a drink. Cool. Yeah. Cool, you, you're good to stay. Um, and like people will be like, hey, I lost this really important key item. Or I, I broke this really important key item and I hear there's another one on level 10. Can you go mm. and get me one? Cool, off you go. Um, and I suppose the, the big difference between this and Pokemon is the fact that you can eventually get a second uh, monster leash. And you can basically start fusing monsters together. So mm. if you have, um, like the, the one I used to do was uh, a maneuver, which is a uh, sort of like a ditto. Mm. It's like a slimy thing, and it attacks you, and it can take on um, like the form of other creatures. Yeah. But also, if you hit it enough, it might split into two. Uh, And I used to fuse that with a metal, which is basically Mm. just, it's got like very, very high defense stat. Yeah. um, And it's quite good hitty as well. So if you fuse the two together, it will be a really, really tough thing that splits into multiple really, really tough things. And eventually you can have like a small army marching around the levels with you. Yeah. Um, That will disappear back down to the original one when you move up to the next floor. I, I've always enjoyed that as a mechanic. It, it, it's one that I came across again recently, replaying uh, Monster Rancher. Mm. does a lot of that stuff. I like it as a, as a concept. Yeah, there, there's there's lots of fun stuff to do in there with, like, what combos do you want to make and, like, training extra ones, but also, like, just doing plot stuff and, like, finding a sword and shield that aren't going to rust and then leveling them up so that you constantly have better and better weapons as well as your leveled monsters, allowing mm. you to get higher and higher up the uh, up the tower. There's there's lots to discover, and I think I finished it once by cheating, just because I wanted to see what the end was like. Yeah, I action replayed in like a bunch of the best stuff. <laughs> uh, I don't really remember it for whatever reason. Yeah, I think it's one of those like you did the thing. Here is a very special monster and uh, a key item. Now just go back to town and it all all just keeps happening as if nothing, yeah. none of it ever happened. But it's the it's the journey, and I'd yeah. like to do the journey honestly for once. Yeah, we'll see how I get on. But yeah, I mean I'm enjoying playing through that again because I think the last time I played it was probably gosh like mid two thousands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Did you play anything else? Ah, that's that's it for me. Really, it's just been a week of playing new handhelds interspersed with Elden Ring. We did play one other thing. <gasps> we did play one other thing. <sighs> we played Clank Legacy. Yeah, we played the first uh, three, three three sessions of Clank Legacy in yeah. a big weekend. Yeah. Uh, how how'd you find it? <clears throat> You're not sold. I'm not sold. So, Clank Legacy is what if Clank, the classic game by Renegade Games and Direwolf of deck building and dungeon diving was a legacy game mixed in with the Penny Arcade's Acquisitions Incorporated. <sighs> yes. 
So this is Which the thing is why I've never purchased yeah. it. It's a thing we would never have purchased ourselves, but the friends that we play legacy games with purchased it, not I... knowing about Penny Arcade. Yeah, and we were like, well, I mean, you've got it. You've... Also, they did not pay full price for it. I think they got it for like about fifty pounds on the, yeah. the back end of Zatu because they do like. Yeah. We had damaged ones. Sorry about and it. It seems in pretty perfect condition. Yeah, like the they, box they, is a bit they got smashed. A, got but... a good good deal on that discount. Yeah, that's yeah, all right. Um, yeah. yeah. So the first game was what if Clank, but nobody wanted to finish the game. Yes. Like I've never played a game of Clank where we have had to reshuffle the adventure discard pile. Yeah. And and keep going because people were still. Yeah going around doing stuff. And that was mainly not because people were, you know, grabbing loads of treasure and doing loads of things. It was because, oh, if I go over here, I can read another page out of the secret tome. If yes. I go over here, there's more plot and more plot. Ah, but we could could finish this adventure mission that we've got before we go and, and wrap up. Yeah. And in that first mission, there was a real sense of we're doing a thing together. Yes. Like, uh, we, like we're going to do a D&D yeah. campaign. And I was like, mm. I was all up for more of that. Okay. And then we played the second one, and the second one settled down and was more like just Clank, yeah. because there was, I think, maybe two bits of story, plus the intro and the outro. Yeah, like there weren't like loads and loads of of uh, newly opening bits to do. There was less stuff stop start to. Oh, I've gone here now. I have to immediately read this thing in the book. Check off a bunch of stuff. Add new cards to the deck. To to the um, yeah. the deck. Do different things. I think number two was the first one where we got our our rolls. Yeah. So it was like, hey, now you're gonna start to refine the deck. Your like your starting deck to who your character is supposed to be. Yeah. And that was quite interesting. Like, in, and it it was a a game to get us into that concept. And I was yeah. I was well up for that. Like, so two. Uh, it was a bit of a change. And it was very quick, and I was like, okay, this feels more like what I expected from yeah. Plank Legacy. And then we played game three, and it went from feeling like we're all in a D&D mission together to this isn't cooperative enough to be a cooperative mm. game, and so, it's <sighs> not um, competitive enough to fully be a competitive so game. I... I was trying to work out what felt weird about that third session, yeah. and I think a lot of it came down to who we played with and one choice they made reminded me of something very specific, and it reminded me of the energy of when you're playing Dungeons & Dragons with a player who isn't interested in the collaborative story. Mm. When you sometimes play D&D with someone who's like, yeah, but I want to individually win D&D right now. Mm. And I don't care if, if that's going to be fun for everyone else. Yes. Because the short version is, you got a narrative thread opened up to you where you had the item, you had the thing that seemed like your story. Yes. And there was technically a second option there, which was someone else could take some damage and go do it instead. And it was, I think, I felt quite clearly intended to be a, if you with the quest item die... We someone else can go do the thing still, and it's fine. Mm. Um, but instead, someone else went. Yeah, but this is technically a co a competitive game, so I want to do it, and sort of stole your story from under you, and then died before handing it in because they didn't actually 
care about finishing the story. They were like, they just wanted to have the thing. They wanted to have the thing. They wanted to go and get more things. Yeah, they didn't and just... And then they yeah. didn't... Ne- they never made a beeline back to doing the it, thing. Yeah. And I think the other reason that stung a bit was less the whole... Because of the character, the, the mini I chose, it, it felt thematic that I yeah. should be doing that mission. It, it was a narratively satisfying thing as well as you'd been to the place. Yeah. Uh, I did ADHD'd and now I don't know what my point was. So we're going to move on slightly. The game felt like it was rewarding just going and sprinting to every plot point. And when you have a player that will sprint to every plot point so there's not plot points left for anyone else, it's... Not necessarily ideal. Uh, I think the other reason that stung a lot is because that was the same game where I had been like, okay, I'm going to take a bunch of damage and um, like slightly throw myself off for the good of the group. Because mm. it was one of those, hey, the evil organisation that you're working against, they're going to get a tick on this track, which is yeah. their progress if you don't do this thing. And I was like oh, I will do that thing for the good of the group and the thing. Yeah. And then for the other person to be like, haha, I got the thing uh, because I wanted to. Bye! Oh, no, yeah. I'm dead. And now everybody else is dead because I was really yeah. reckless and, and it, fucked everything ev- up. Everyone around the table, I think, was a little deflated because, like, t- after your turn, the next two players, myself and someone else, were like, yep, not going to go for it. This is This is yours. Leave it for you. And, like, the player who went and sniped it just sat there silently, not saying anything like, ha ha ha, I'm going to go get it. And it's like, I I feel like there there is a... a the comparison to the D&D thing mm. is what stuck with me. And I think at some point I might have a conversation with that player if we're going to play more Clank Legacy and go, mm. I get that you like winning things, but also... And I tra- get that yeah. this is a competitive game and yeah. I get that this is your game, but... yeah. Can I get some clarity on how we're playing this? Because yes. the the other thing about Clank Legacy is we all know around the table as a group that at the end of the the game we will have or they will have yeah. a uh, a customized version of Clank yeah. that is completely different to anyone else's because of the decisions and the, the way the game was played. Yeah, uh, like we've already found that as a result of that decision, a card that I ended up getting when I did my part yeah, of that had to be had to be destroyed. It was a beautiful card. It but really that's never yeah. going to be ever in the game yeah. again. And um, I think something else got brought yeah. out but was made more difficult. Yeah. So and they are making decisions that are going to permanently affect not only yeah. the game that we're playing and right now, the games yeah. going forward, and, and any other games they play with. And, and again, I think that the way to do this is to not say that was inherently a bad thing to do, but to go... As a group, what do we want to get out of playing Clank Legacy? Yeah. The same way that you would with the D&D session. Because, like, you can go, look, your character you've created for your D&D campaign is clearly trying to do something wildly different to the rest of the party mm. and is not in any way aligned. And, like... I don't think that was a character decision. No, I think no, that was a player decision. No, it's a player decision. But, like, I, I think it comes from a similar place. Like, you'll mm. sometimes get the person who's like... I want to play the D&D character who is an asshole to the rest of the party and treats them all very mean, and you get a session in and you're like, none of our characters want to have you here. That's awkward. But we have to play together that... mm." And you have to talk that out. So, yeah. I think that there is a certain degree of, are we playing this as an advent... as a... You know, 
is the, do you have a friendly house rule perhaps of if someone picks up the start of a quest, mm. it's their quest at that point, yeah. and they they get to decide what's done with it. May, yeah, maybe we need to look at it from a DMD point of view and have like an almost a go back to a session zero and go, what are we getting out of this? Yeah, because I think if we're going to keep playing like that, then I will do less. I'm going to sacrifice myself for the group. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Like maybe a good way to look at it is if someone was doing their narrative quest in D anD D, their little story chunk that the DM was like, "Oh yes, I'm making a story for you." Mm. This is clearly the one where like this is your moment to do a thing, and another player was like, "Yeah, but I'm just gonna go do the thing." Mm. Like it's like no, that was clearly someone else's, and it's kind of shitty of you to snipe it. Yeah, it feels like if we had all sat down and played Gloomhaven: Jaws of the Lion, and like. I had just opened access to my um, personal quest. Yes. And then, like, the rest of the table were like, yeah, we'll go and do your personal quest next, just because that's not, that's, that, that, you know, that's good. And the other person go, no, we're not doing that. I've decided. And just <sighs> unilaterally decided for the table. Yeah. I will say, I think, yeah, I think that Clank Legacy is a game that's, will work better... Like, if you were to play this with a group of people that you already play D&D with and you know you have good D&D etiquette, mm. you could probably have a really nice time with this. I think so. I think that very specifically that's a compatible group type for this. Mm. But I think that, yeah, you you have to be aware this is a competitive cooperative game and what kind of actions will mm. feel like that was a dick move that genuinely upset me, and mm. which ones are okay? Th okay, I see what you did there. That's fair. This is a competitive thing, yeah. and you've you've got to talk that line out sometimes. Yeah, I think there just hasn't been a discussion about what is this and how are we playing it. Yeah, um, because yes, it is competitive. Yes, yeah. um, that is an option in mm. the way we play, but I, that was not a conversation that we had. Yeah. And, and I, maybe we should have done And I think that that's something we... I don't necessarily think we could have anticipated until we played it. Like, it wasn't mm. until someone did that that we realised, oh, there is no formal rule here. Mm. It is table etiquette, and mm. you realise that that's conversations to have. Yeah. But I'm I'm intrigued to play more... Assuming we have that conversation first yes. and talk it through, because like mechanically, I like how often it's doling out narrative. Yeah, I'm liking the ongoing story. It feels like playing a little D and D, yeah, like a little D and D campaign. I like reading the bits on yeah. the bottom of the card. It helps pass the time. Yeah, I I I like knowing on the board where the plot things are yeah. and the sort of spread of them. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a neat little it's a neat little game. With some serious caveats that, like, it feels like should probably be codified in rules. Like, I've mm. I've played tabletop RPGs that have had in the rule book. This is a thing that you might encounter if, th like, this may happen between your player group. Mm. Have conversations about what you think these outcomes. Um, Thirsty Sword Lesbians comes to mind. Mm. Thirsty Sword Lesbians is a good tabletop RPG that, it's like, all about consent yeah, and communication. That has good community. It's like these are the kind of things that might come up during the game. Mm. Talk as a group about how you feel about certain things before yes. you start playing. And you have your um, your red card, your yeah, your safe word card, basically. Yeah, and like I'm not necessarily suggesting that the safe word cards are required here, but I think like. Hey, are you playing this as cutthroat mm. rivals? Are you playing this as a 
group working together, but you're playfully against it. Like, what? It, mm. Yeah, like that would be a useful thing to codify in rules. Yeah. I think. And like the other thing is with with the story points, there hasn't really been any point where it's been like, aha, you have gained personally a mechanical bonus for that. Yeah. What we have found is you have unlocked a thing that will appear in the adventure deck yeah. or or give us some extra story yeah. bit further on. None of it's been, haha, I've had immediate personal benefit. I mean, I got a little personal benefit out of one quest where I gave up a lot of resources. Mm. And like that that one felt obvious because it's like it was asking for quite a big price to be paid mm. and I got something personal, but I think I also saved the group from something. But like generally speaking, but also not super personal. Like because yeah. as soon as the next game started, that was available to. Yeah, um, yeah, I suppose so. Like, yeah, it's. I, I I get your point in that like the personal sprinting for like I want to do all the quests. Mm. You're not really more likely to win because you did. Like the person who went and sprinted and did that quest didn't win because they did. If anything, they died because they did. Yeah. They just kept being reckless and being reckless and being reckless until they died. It's it, and then everyone else died because the game yeah. sped up so the, much. The feeling I get is that where the competitive and cooperative divide I think is mm. is the on the board objectives should be cooperative. This is mm. working as a group to do the things for the greater good. I think the things that should be competitive are who purchases it get managed to buy the good cards from the mm. row, yeah. who gets the good um the good um artifact off the board. Yeah. But who, that's yeah. But yeah, that's very much about how you're playing yeah. Clank. Yeah. Like as opposed to yeah. how you're playing the legacy aspect. Yeah. Like I won't bemoan anyone who sprints around picking up all the major secrets before anyone else no, no, can no. and getting all those. Cool. Just like don't be a dick about someone else's like, oh, I found a cool thing. Oh, that's your cool thing now. Mm. That that just feels a bit dickish. And, and now because you killed yourself, essentially, yeah. it's nobody's cool thing. Yeah, yeah. I was frustrated because when they stole the quest, I was like, okay, go hand it in. They were like, no, I'm going to go do something else. And yeah, yeah, they died before handing it in. And it was like, yeah. if you're going to steal it, at least do the thing that's good for the group. Don't steal it and then keep focusing on yeah. yourself. Yeah. Uh, so that's playing Legacy. Yeah. I'm hoping that, that that third game will be a learning lesson and will sort of fix things going forward. Because the first yeah. and second games I thought were really good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I the was... third game, that aside, was good after the I, third. I was keen enough to play it a third time, and after yeah. the third time I was like, Neh. Yeah. And again, I don't think that's the game's fault. I think that that is mm. a fixable issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did we play anything else? I don't believe so. Well then, time for this. She okay? Oh, 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 Alice. Oh, yeah. So, sorry, I should have given you a heads up. Um, yeah. The fact. Hmm. How do I put this? She's stuck in the time bubble right now. Right. Yeah. The whole. The whole not moving and just being frozen in place. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So it's four o'clock now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at two o'clock, there was meant to be a builder here doing some work. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's not had so much as a text. Right. So a plan was made, and then just yeah. She's she's in that hole. I can't start anything because what if I start and then the yeah, builder shows up yeah, yeah. in the middle? So I should wait, but I shouldn't just wait because 
I'm doing nothing. And have, you know, stuff to yeah. do, but also can't start because thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. I know, right? I know, well, right? Well, only an hour until the end of the day, so hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. As, as long as there isn't a text um, in that hour, we should be fine. Oh. Uh, <sighs> should I make her a tea? Maybe. I, I think she'd appreciate it. She could probably handle a cuppa. Can you handle a cuppa? I get her a straw. Yeah, give me a small one. I get her a small one. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, everyone, everyone. Um, we've called this press conference as uh, we've we've got some very important news for all of you in the press. Um, we have discovered the world's very first quantum creature. It exists in multiple states at once. Um, I, 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 I don't want to get into the technical specifics, but it can fluctuate in weight from as light as a feather to the heaviest thing on the planet, depending on context. Uh, do we have any questions from the uh, from the press? Yes. Is it safe for the public? Um, yes. Um, matter of fact, uh, many of you may already have encountered them in your homes. Is it safe for people with black clothing? Um, they do come in varieties that are safe for, for people with black clothing, not all of them. And when will we get to see this uh, particular creature? Will that be available for, for the public to see? Um, well, right now I cannot show you because it is having a nice sleep on my lap, um, making it the heaviest thing in the world. I cannot possibly mo pick it up and show you. Oh, Oh, okay, 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 it's waking up and someone... There you go, it's a... Uh, look how light this little oh, baby kitty is! Baby. Just a little baby snuffing! Oh. Well, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Oh, well, we put something in our eyes that we're a few episodes <sighs> deep in. Um, We started watching a show called Severance. Yeah! Um, which I hadn't recognised the pun about, like, when you stop working somewhere you get severance pay. Yeah. I hadn't tweaked that. Yeah. Um, that's a real good thriller, mystery, fascinating mm. sci-fi thing. Mm. Um, <laughs> the general concept, there is a company, we don't know exactly what they do, but they have a basement floor that works on stuff that they're very, very adamant not get leaked, like no one outside can know what they're working on. I'm not convinced most of the people inside know what they're working well, on. Well, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Uh, but in order to get a job there, you have to agree to a procedure called severance, um, where your mind is split into two halves, the work half and the outside of work half. And as you're going up the elevator to work, it swaps and you can't access the memories of the other one. So you essentially become two people, a person who walks into work and th the next thing they're aware of, they're walking out of work, but they don't, they don't know... The, their whole time at work is just an instant and it's hasn't happened mm. and the one of them that is constantly at work and the second they leave work they're back at work because they don't remember their life outside of work yeah and the people inside work are sort of wondering what their outside yeah. lives are like or making up ridiculous yeah. concept of what not, that might be. Not remembering who they are outside of work, like they don't know if they have loved ones, they don't know um, what the state of the world is, like very early on there's conversations about like surely the world out there must be terrible because if I agreed to split my mind in two I must have been trying to get away from something so mm -hmm. the world's probably terrible. 
Um, and it's sort of shone through the lens of a new hire just as they wake up in this perpetual sleep on a boardroom. Yes, the perpetual workroom that they try and yeah. try and leave work, and as they sprint out the door, they sprint back in. It's 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 fascinating and it provokes a lot of uh questions yeah but also it's dark and terrifying but and it feels like the kind it's... of thing even supremacy software wouldn't do ah uh, yeah but i mean it doesn't feel overly moment to moment bleak because of the like there's good writing of the humor in it to keep yeah. some levity in like i like the character writing i think i feel like episode 3 really ramped up the bleak though uh, yeah, yeah. Um, like it's it's getting way more sense. Yeah, it. I I saw it described by someone as Black Mirror meets The Office, and I'm I've never like, seen The Office. I mean, but... it's it's a workplace office episode of Black Mirror, but turned into a season. Oh. And like, yeah, it's it's got that. Here is a tech conceit that we're gonna follow to its horrific conclusions. Yeah. The sort of the horror of the mundanity of the outcomes of a tech thing. Mm. I really like it. Oh yeah, I'm fascinated. I'm, yeah, I would go and watch the next episode right now if we weren't recording. Yeah, Re- really, really nice cast. Oh g- god, yeah, same. Like, I'm there's a bit of me that's like I'm supposed to have a nap after this before Dice Funk, but like I could watch another episode tonight. There's a bit of me that's like I'm supposed to edit this after this. We could, we could, I we could, could edit this we tomorrow. Could, we could watch that fourth episode tonight, right? Right. <laughs> it's. We've 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 come in as there's four episodes available and oh the week to week wait's gonna be a thing. Mm-hmm. I am invested. Good good cast of like some real some nice notable good actors in it. Yeah. Um, didn't expect good thriller dramatic horror directed by Ben Stiller. Yeah, that's not who I would have pictured. No, that about, was, but it feels like the whole thing about comedians writing horror really well. Yeah, like, yeah. Like Jordan Peele. Yeah, it's it's that whole you know how to use like setup and tension and payoff really yeah. well. Um apparently like this is Ben Stiller's whole thing is on camera, eh, so so leading man. Behind the camera or like writing, he's got a real he's got like a real honed in talent. Mm. And I am this has made me intrigued to go, what else has Ben Stiller directed? I'm intrigued to see more now. Mm. Um, yeah, Severance. Real good. Yeah, you could download that. Yeah, you, you could. You sure could. Uh, thank you, random TikTok that pointed me towards <laughs> this. TikTok gets us all the best content. Yeah, days. yeah. So, like, I, I initially found this. I saw a cool clip of it, but before I saw that, I saw a tick. You know the, one of those TikToks? Do you ever occasionally get these where it's clearly a robot voice trying to narrate a film, like the summary of a film happening? You just get clips and it's like badly explaining what's happening. Do you ever get these? I occasionally... So I'm watching the thing. It'll be like, so-and-so does this. This is happening to so-and-so. It's trying to like recap things in Mm -hmm, 90 seconds. mm -hmm. It's a bad format that I skip over. But this one caught me and I was like, that's intriguing enough. I'll go watch a clip on YouTube. Oh, this is in. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Severance. Most invested I've been in a thing in a little bit. More of this. Yeah. What about you? Did you watch anything else this week? I watched on the Tom Scott Plus channel. I met Beardy Man. He remixed my voice into Hyperpop. Uh-huh. Tom Scott met Beardy Man. And guess what? <laughs> 
He remixed his voice into hyperpunk. I mean, I'd I'd feel mis misadvertised too if that wasn't what happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, it seemed like a, they had a fun time. Scott, be, uh, Tom Scott, being absolutely wowed by the whole process of like uh, getting the vocoder. I'm pretty sure there's some vocoding. There's some some auto tune. Yeah. Um. Obviously, like doing a little bit of like individual beatbox things to make yeah. like a drum set and then turning that into just fun hyperpop. Yeah. And apparently you can download that track because it was formally released. Nice. Um yeah. That, that was uh, a fun little bit. What about you? Have you watched um, I watched another Tom Scott video which I think I've just seen on your history there. Um after 140 years, this old technology keeps trains safe. Yeah, and no one's found a better way of doing it. Yeah, um, the very short version, you should go watch this video, it's really interesting, is about um, some areas of Scotland that are really hard to quickly get to and check whether something has fallen on the line. And um, as such, the problem of false positives in detecting things like landslides and some old tech that for various reasons, is good at being a safety te technology without um, giving too many false positives, and how that sort of interacts with these rural railways. Mm -hmm. It's a really neat little video. Yeah. Other than that, I've just been I've been watching a few videos of people playing the opening of Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, like just the first couple of hours, being like, okay, I've put like thirty plus hours in now. I feel like I could probably spoiler free watch the starts and playthroughs. Mm -hmm. Oh no. <laughs> People, people are just like, I, I went like 30 degrees more to the left when I left the starting area, yeah. and here's just a completely different fucking thing that you... Wow. I'm, I'm very excited about the sheer number of, like, I thought I'd explored the opening area pretty well. No. 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 The other day I was, I was going around a castle that's like two minutes from the start of the game. I found a little thing that teleported me to the far end of the game with, like, enemies dropping a thousand souls per enemy, and I was like, oh... Wow, it's this game's full of stuff, and it's very interesting watching other people's. What drew your attention? Mm -hmm. uh, did you watch anything else? Uh, we watched the first episode of Picard season two. <gasps> oh, we did. Oh, I need episode two. <laughs> um, and indeed the rest of the season. Yes. <laughs> Um, I'm intrigued at the fact that they seem to be doing more Picard, young Picard backstory this season, mm -hmm. and I hope they stick the landing there. Yep. They definitely seem to be... There were a lot of people, I wasn't in this group, but there were a lot of people that complained that Picard season one wasn't Star Trek enough. What? In that, like, yeah, a, apparently a very common critique from the angry, nerdy, whiny internet boys was the yeah, same people that hate yeah, discovery. Yeah, right? but they're not on a starship, and they're not, and they're not doing. And uh, where's where's all the Star Trek things? And I feel like maybe this is a response to that because this definitely feels a lot more. We're putting Picard on a starship to do. I don't, know. Mate, mm. I don't know. Like, yeah, because mm. when the at the end of the episode, there's like. And coming up in the rest of the season. Yeah. Mm, I get the impression that we're going we, back to exactly what we I, had I in the first I think we season. got one episode of something a bit like, oh, we're doing, no, no, no. Okay, yeah, we're doing Picard. Okay, we're doing Picard shit. We had a few, like, Starfleet-y episodes in, yeah. in the first season, or just sort of like, here, yeah. here is an episode where we're on a ship it, doing shit. It stuff. seemed for a minute like they were gearing up for one thing and... 
Oh, I don't. I I I'm very happy about some of the cameos we saw come back. I know yeah, that. I, yeah, don't I was spoil worried that, they'd. But... Yeah, I was worried they'd feel cynical, but I'm like, oh no, I'm here. Give me more stories about them. If you don't want to be spoiled, maybe blink during the credits. But also, it's Picard credits, so it's feeding you little bits of stuff for the rest yeah. of the series. Yeah, same, same as the same first as Dis- one. Same as Discovery's been doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I'm, I'm glad to see I, that back. I'm enjoying I, it so far. I want to see episode two before I really say much more, because, like, right now, I feel like we've had the narrative setup, but I don't know tonally what this season is. Yeah, I feel like Star Trek is doing really I, good things right now. Yeah, I'm willing to, like, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. It's doing really good things right now. Yeah. I'm... Is it Star Trek three, the one with the whales? Five, Star, I think, five, is Voyager... Star Trek, the one with the whales. <laughs> the I'm getting a little bit... I'm getting nuclear wessel vibes here. <laughs> and I'm kind... That's, I'm kind of all in <laughs> if that's... If we get Picard's version of... Of that a little bit? Maybe? I'm I'm so curious. I need to know. <laughs> I'm sitting here like... Uh, I mean, I don't really want to say anything. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it for people, but... I'm enjoying that so far. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not complaining. <laughs> you got the fluffies on your I arm. I got the fluffies on my arm and I'm just sort of rocking back and forward <laughs> and being stroked by them. I was just making sure I wasn't inconveniencing you with fluffy. No, no, fluffy is never an inconvenience. Fluffy is okay. soft okay, and bad. And friend. Uh, also watched a little bit of Bob Ross because I needed soothing. Yeah. Uh, watched uh, season 31 episode 5 because that's one of the ones that's on YouTube and not Hulu. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, Cabin in the Hollow, and it's just a nice little snowy scene. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very pretty, and and I find all of those episodes very soothing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. When you when you've been over socialed for a couple yeah. of days and you're very very tired, sometimes what you need is just some soothing Bob Ross. Yep. Uh, other than that, I just watched Linux tutorials. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh. Any any recommendations? No. <laughs> Short version, all of the people who do Linux tutorials are doing Linux tutorials for other Linux people. No one is doing the kind of tutorial that you need if you are new to Linux who's like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, how do I do this? Mm. They they will they assume a baseline floor of knowledge. That is kind of ridiculous. I've yet to find a good Linux tutorials channel that that comes in at the right entry point and wraps up properly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it for me. Well then. (gasps) Time for this. Oh, is my phone screen blurry? Oh, oh no, that's... Yeah, no, you, you, you scroll down to a bunny, so it's not... Yeah. yeah. But wait, oh, where's all the, all the all the usual doom, though? Yeah, hamster, bunny, cute yeah. cats... And then... And just blah, 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 blah... Oh, bunny! Bun- hamster, blah, 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 blah... Yeah, I don't know what's happened. That's the Doom Diet app! Just set the amount of doom you can handle in a day, and once you've scrolled past that much doom on your timeline, the rest of the doom posts are blurred out for the rest of the day. I'll try not to feel too much doom at how much is blurred out here. Oh, possums. Mm-hmm. Oh, capybara. Oh, I'm oh. having a scroll a while. Um, uh, yeah. 
Oh, oh. Oh, it's a duck in a hat. Oh, a little oh. ducky. Oh, oh, here's a little hamster wearing a flower as a hat. Oh, oh, oh they're friends. Mm, friends. Oh, that's cute. Oh, the cat's hugging a bun. Oh. Um, am I missing something? I mean, there's a lot of blur there. But also a duck. I like the duck. Uh, there's nothing behind those blurs, it's just more cute animals. That's the Doom Diet app to help you get through the day without being quite so bleak. <sighs> Have another duck. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, we've we've been exploiting the, uh, the gamers for a while now, right? Yeah, like... 40 years? Yeah, and, you know, I love to exploit the gamers. You oh, yeah. can't get enough of them. Yeah. But don't you sometimes think there's more to life than this? Coffee? Well, I mean, yeah, of course, coffee. But, I mean, there are so many other demographics we could be exploiting. Go on. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly where, where I'm going with this. I'm just spitballing. But, like, what if... There was another industry that horribly underpaid its workers and was making a real big push to not give customers real tangible ownership of the things they make that we could muscle in on. I mean, that definitely sounds like our kind of people. Yeah, you you, you have any thoughts on what we could do with that? that there's got to be something. Okay, well, uh, is there someone we could maybe buy? Uh, let me have a look through who's uh, who's who we got in here. Uh, businesses, businesses, cheap businesses, ones. Though, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, what about what about them? Oh, them. Yeah, the uh, the the music distribution. Uh, oh, musication. Yeah, musication, music, musication. Yeah, the music vacation. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. So like, they, they, they paid like actual royalties to the people that you know put music on there, which means that they don't make a huge amount of profit. Yeah. Which, to me, says, very easy to buy out, because they don't have a lot of profit, they can't fight off a buyout. Yeah, I mean, like, we could just buy them. Exactly. and Pocket change. Exactly. And, and then, the we... exploitation begins. Exactly, because who better to exploit than underpaid musicians and music audiences that are totally willing to accept not actually owning their music? You are a fucking genius. I know. So, what have you put in your earmates? I've really not put a lot in my earmates. No. Um, I've been been falling a falling asleep listening to uh, the empty bowl. With yeah, you. that's been very soothing. It's been a very nice, like, wind down in the evening routine of just <laughs> put a gentle, chill podcast about cereal, very gently, soothingly said. Just some, some nice, just some ocean gentle, waves and people talk, talking about cereal. And... Oh, I'm quite excited. And nothing more difficult than cereal. Exactly. It is it's, it's almost like the world is a lot right now and we need yeah. soothing a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the, the the little tagline they say at the start of the episodes is like, look, it's it's a show where we give you half an hour where you have permission to just don't worry about anything else. It's just cereal here. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. And yeah. it's a good it's good vibes. I will listen to episodes of that I've already listened to because it's just good vibes. Mm -hmm. Um You listen to much this week? Um Oh, I've lost my thing. I oh, had no. it, and then it went. How right. dare! How dare! Uh, I so I got recommended a video about. I'll get back to sound in a second. <laughs> uh, about uh someone cheating at Clone Hero. Oh yes, the I what Guitar Hero uh PC clone yes. that 
fans have. I believe this was a Carl Jobst video. Couldn't tell you. Uh, he, he makes lots of videos about speedrunning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was... I was curious about that, and then I was curious about the whole, oh yeah, we make deliberately difficult tunes for specifically for Clone Hero, and really well as well from what I can tell, like, here is an expert, a hard, a medium, and an actually easy one, Yes, as opposed to, because you used to be able to load custom songs into certain versions of original Guitar Heroes. and the problem is, is that they would, whatever version they uh, they made the difficulty for or the other difficulties if they existed at all usually weren't scaled properly yeah they were scaled for hey i i am like leaked player and i don't give a fuck about anyone who can't play as well as me so they either didn't exist or just weren't terribly well implemented often they just removed notes rather than like handcrafting a new easier note pattern yeah so uh I listened to uh, Megalodon, <laughs> which is a 19-minute long custom Clone Hero track. Um, you can find it on the YouTube channel Jarvis9999. And um, it's a lot of chip tune, a lot of like really speedy arps, and um, and then like quite a cool guitar solo, uh, like guitar solo. And interestingly, I was expecting a lot of it to just be, like, ridiculous noise. Just to try and make yeah. people do stuff with the fingers. But for the most part, it's very tuneful. Yeah, yeah. yeah th- there is some nice melodies. There is some thought put into making sure that it at least doesn't clash. Yeah. It's it's at least progressing. Like, there's a few bits where it's just like, ha ha ha, your yeah. hands hurt now, your hands hurt, ha ha. <laughs> and there's still 15 minutes to go. Um, but like for the most part, it's a good tune. Yeah, yeah. And and I enjoyed my nearly twenty minutes of that. Um, yeah, there's a couple of those, but that was the one that really struck me. Um, and then we listened to a bunch of nineties like trance hits. We did, um, yeah. Um, Confort, um, nine a.m., four o'clock in the morning. Um, M- music that I somehow, despite my age at the time that it released. <laughs> Have seared the lyrics into my brain. You can blame your brother for that, and the fact that like they've been on every '90s compilation forever. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then you realise that a lot of them are just very clearly about sex, or drugs, or yeah. sex and drugs. Yes, and they're songs that I was just singing along with as a kid, probably. Oh yeah, there was some Europop as well. We had boom, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah. I want you in my room and spend the night together. Etc. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of that dancing around the living room on uh, on Saturday night until 5am. Yeah. 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 Disco lights on, smoke machine on. Yeah. Yeah. Unst, unst. Unst. And furthermore, unst. Yeah, it was a nice time. We listened to lots of good music. And um, thanks for good tunes. Uh, you listen to anything else? Uh, not really. The, the uh, Just before we started recording, and I've not had a chance to listen to the whole thing, mm-hmm. I stumbled upon a video called Chipmunks on 16 Speed Sludgefest full album, uh, which, to my understanding, is an 80s uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks uh, album played at 1 16th speed, which doesn't bring them down to normal voice. It pushes them past that into sounding... Like a really good late 80s, early 90s, like, goth band. 
like genuinely kind of impressed at how it sounds. Fuck yeah. It's pretty I, I wanna I wanna give it more attention. I found it like two minutes before we recorded quotes <laughs> and I was like, this sounds this is wild. It sounds real good. I I wanna listen to it. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. This is uh, Mission Control. Uh, are you ready to begin the test? Um, yes, I'm. I'm. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, I'm excited to find about out at uh, how how I control this. I, yeah, I'm, I, it's very exciting. We spent a lot of money on this mech, so I want you to be absolutely sure you you we got all this testing uh, as ready as it can be. Now, uh, just have you set up the uh, the connection to your neural interface? Oh, um, oh, is that how we're doing it? Uh, no, I hadn't yet. I had expected uh, buttons and dials. That's what I'm used to. Um, so this is gonna like be some kind of like, oh, this will be better than my brain's natural abilities or something. Uh, it'll be way more instinctual because you'll just be like, you'll think about moving up yourself physically uh, where you're in the suspension harness there. You won't actually be moving, but uh, you will be controlling the robot. It's uh, some people in testing found it easier to just close their eyes. Uh, um... Oh, okay. Um, oh, oh, this is just like moving in the real world, huh? Okay, you're getting a bit closer to that wall. Yeah, bit oh, closer oh, to that wall. Oh, bit closer. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Rem- do remember, we spent a lot of money. No, on this. I know, I know. Look, I'm very good at precise instrumentation. I didn't realize that it was going to be reading my coordination brain signals. I. Mm. What if I just very careful? I put my hand sort of here and I balance and. What's that foot? What's that foot? What's that foot? Oh, okay, okay, okay. You um, stood on Jenkins. Oh no. You okay, Jenkins? I'm glad. Okay. I'm glad there's deep treads in the feet on this thing. Um, can you give me a controller or something? I think I'd do better. Okay, well, if you could just uh, back. Back into the back into the harness. I I okay okay. Oh god, it's uh, falling! It's falling! It's falling! Ah! Right, so we've got a few ideas for the uh, new product line for this year. Now I uh, hope we can avoid some of the problems we had last year. We all know yeah. what happened. It's deeply embarrassing. Deeply embarrassing. Deeply embarrassing. So hopefully now that. Uh, Yes. We've had a, f- a few cuts in the company. We can be a bit more yeah, careful yes. about these uh, things. Uh, what, have, what have you got? What have you got first? Well, first of all, we've got this hand mixer. Oh, uh, yes, yes. So, you know, traditionally the hand mixer, it's 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 sort of like a, a device. You you hold it on the handle. Yes. You uh, push the things across and the, the swirly blades underneath. Yes, 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 yes. They count spin against each other and it's it's good for, for, for the mixer. Yes, yes. But nothing at all like the the hand whisks that you might otherwise use, oh, indeed, like a, bl- yes. a balloon whisk. Yes, what if yes. there was something more like that? More like that. More like that. Now, uh, how would we uh, make that uh, work in this sort of uh, oh, with, I, with our own unique technology? I, we we I, want I, it to be powerful. Mm. We want people to know that it is a, a, a proper and sturdy bit of kit that uh, they'll be using for a lifetime. I I don't know. Do you have any any solutions? Well, uh, we considered uh, making sort of uh, a long shaft to hold the motor um, and yes. uh, the uh, the battery compartment that in there. That sounds very sensible. 
I mean, because obviously sometimes you'll be making something like a meringue. Yes. It will need to be uh, it will need to be whisked for a, a long time, and obviously you'll also need quite a lot of power in there. Yes, yes, yes. So you hold the the long shaft. I think about two feet should probably do it. Oh yes, yes. And, uh, and then you just uh, turn it on there with a, with a, you just sort of stroke the the shaft there, and then you just. Into the mixing bowl, that will go. Oh, yes, you just that. sort of get a sort of stroking motion, and yeah, sort of just sort of stroking motion up and down the shaft. And... Absolutely, and that that'll also be the temperature control. And oh, just, I see. Just grip it firmly and into yes. the bowl, and you'll. Yeah, I think that don't yes. see any problems. You sort there of put your hand on the shaft and you slide it along, and you go, "This is getting hot now." Oh well, it's getting you... hot in here in in the meringue. It will, yes, yes. There'll be all the white stuff on the end yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. yes. We. We've done it again, haven't we? I think we might have done it again. We might have done it again, right? Um, oh no! Oh, and I thought getting rid of Howard would have dealt with this. Oh no! We're going to have to have another word with R and D. This is, this is a bit excessive for a mixer. Ah, uh, it might be. It might be. Uh, Maybe if we put a if we put a soft vibrating end on the end of it, so it just sort of vibrates the thing up rather than spin it off. Oh, oh, no, you're, oh, oh, you're doing it now. now. Oh, let's have a look. I think we've got a product guide for this. We've had this going through QA for a while now. Let's see what we've got feedback wise. Oh, we had a public test apparently. How did it go? Lots of sniggering. Instructions on clear. Penis stuck in blender. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I, I think we might need to, to have some more pruning around the uh, around the R and D department. See if oh yes, yes. Uh, give, him, give him a nice uh, tidy trim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors. Yeah. Right, Larry. Right, Larry. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad, mate. But uh, you know, exhausted. Yeah. Uh, emotionally drained. But yeah. you know, uh, oh, hold, holding it together, mate. You know, trying yeah. to make the most. You know, spending a bit of time with loved ones. Oh and yeah, I know. Trying I know. to, you know, trying try, trying to cope on on the day to day as oh, as best we can. On our well, it be, you know. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes, sometimes she, she, she's just gonna get by, and sometimes you need a little help for that, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, or I've, uh, you know, sometimes I've been like that, and I've done therapy in the past. It's been quite helpful. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, to, to be a wilder, you know, be willing to do that because you know it can, it can feel like a little bit of a failure to need help with your mental health sometimes. Uh, and you know. also, it can be hard because if if you don't immediately find a, a good therapist, yeah. you know, that can feel like a bit of a knockback and. You know, mess a bit with your, your exactly self esteem, or even that you know your your feelings on the whole concept of therapy. But uh, yeah. finding a good one, well, exactly. Oh. You know, it, it, there's there's no shame in trying a therapist. Oh, realizing like, uh, yeah, but specifically, like, there's no shame in going. That one's not right for me. I'll try another. It's not a failure yeah, of me. Yeah. It's just that you know, different styles for different folks. Yeah, and also you never know when you're gonna accidentally find a therapist who might come highly regarded. But you know, it turns. Turns out they do actually have their own prejudices, and yeah. and you know you were the first person that, that flagged that up amongst your friend group, yeah. perhaps, and uh, you know yeah. you never know with things like that. But so. like, that's the thing. There's, it, 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 it's important to know that there's nothing wrong with get, you know getting help because yeah. sometimes you need an outside perspective and someone who 
has actually, you know, had some training in how to how to help with brain stuff. Because yeah. I'm not a brain scientist. I don't know how to help with my own brain. I'm not a boy, but sometimes you just go talk it through to someone else. Uh, and also someone that's far enough detached from you yeah. yourself that you feel like you can just unload and, and, and you know, yeah. knowing that that is their job yeah. rather than, you know, sort of starting to say some things maybe to a friend and then feeling like, oh, well, I'm, 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 I'm putting I, myself up yeah. upon you Am I much? talking too much? Am I yeah. sharing something I don't necessarily want to share? You know, yeah. you can just be like, yeah, you don't exist in the real world. You're, you're a therapist. Just want yeah. your secrecy. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. And that that, uh, that uh, confidential nature of yeah. it and the... The uh, should be certainly a, a lack of judgment. Yeah, that really can help. You know, work actually work through things and you know, get you yourself asking the questions that you need in order yeah. to, to to move that get, forward. Getting you to the point where you can sort yourself. Absolutely. Than, you absolutely. Know, yeah, giving yeah. you the tools you need to help yourself. Yes. Ugh, that's here. Yeah. That's here. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> good, good, ugly. Good, oh, brilliant, ugly. Yeah, yeah, well, I think, uh, I think I'm going to put baguette on. Oh, yeah, have a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Laura? Yes? We've done a book. We've done did a book. Do you want to tell us about our book? That's the book we did. It is written in the universe of supremacy software. Yeah. From the point of view of uh, a PA who has just been hired. It is their dream job to, <gasps> to work there. And they're suddenly finding that the dreams are not all they appear to be on the outside. Indeed. It's uh, called Who Hunts the Whale? It's called Who Hunts the Whale. And it's available to pre-order now over <gasps> at unbound.com slash book slash whale. Go check it out. Do it. We're waiting to get it back so that we can do some more work on it. And then yeah. they'll do some more work and go back and forth. And then it'll be in your hands. Yeah. Not long. Yeah. Not long. Yeah. It'll it'll creep up on you. It will be. It'll be, it'll be published in less than 12 months? I think that's fair to say. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Before you know it, it'll be being printed and you'll go, ah, there, there's going to be physical books in the house. Yep, and I'm going to have to sign them. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a fun time. I'm going to have yeah. to handwrite some letters. Yeah, we're going to have to handwrite some letters. Mm-hmm. Ah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. We're going to talk to some people. Yeah. Because that's what they're paid for. Indeed. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, you also have a book. It's <gasps> adorable. Yeah, me and my dysphoria monster. It comes out on August eighteenth, twenty twenty-two. That's like five months away. Now it's it's rapidly approaching. Yeah. You can pre-order it on places where books are. It's an illustrated children's book. I think it's very sweet. There's some lovely testimonials on the back from some people I admire. Go go check that out. It's available to pre-order. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I'm just at Laura K Buzz everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. TikTok, it's just Laura K Buzz everywhere. What about you? Well, I couldn't get your unified branding, <sighs> so I'm at streamerlinks.com slash Janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. It's your one-stop shop for all of me stuff. Uh, but my most important one is patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify my entire life. And a 76-hour work week that I do because I enjoy... Uh, all I want to do is make people entertained. And yeah. Just smile and all, or just have a nice, relax make, make from life. Make things that, that are important. Or no, that, they that, don't have to be that, important. Just make things that, that 
people yeah. a bit happier. Yeah. That's... Well, that is important. It's Very important to me. It's yeah. important to me. Yeah. So will you sing a song, <gasps> darling? Until next time, be a stranger. Let's have a look. I think we've got a product guide for this. We've had this going through QA for a while now. Let's see what we've got feedback-wise. Oh, we had a public test, apparently. How did it go? Lots of sniggering. Instructions on clear. Penis stuck in blender. <laughs> I thought I was gonna keep it. Keep it. No, no. Uh, yeah, but I, I think we might need to have some more pruning around the uh, around the R and D department. See if oh you yes, yes. Uh, give, him, give him a nice uh, tidy trim. Yeah. <laughs> this week's sponsor is Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <funny>, yeah. <sighs>